This is the GOAT Level Podcast with your host, the GOAT, the legend, the hero, Van Pugh. Yo, what's going on, man? I'm back again. You already know. I'm here to talk some DC sports and talk about the draft. The next episode after this, I'll get into women in sports media. I mean, I I could today, but it's just so much to talk about, I guess. Just breaking down Sarah Spain's thing. I'll do that next episode. But today, let's just talk about DC sports real quick. Um, So the Wizards lost in six, and I was at game six. Just awful, man. It's awful. From what I saw in game six, they were hanging in there. They were hanging in there. They were making their shots. Wall and Bill doing their thing. They both had about 20 points. And then the real test, which I knew was going to be the fourth quarter, because that's when they've fallen apart every time they've played the Raptors in this series. Well, almost every time except maybe, well, game three and four, obviously. And that's it. All other games, fourth quarter, they weren't in it. So this is another one of them times. Even in the fourth quarter this game, they fought. They kept fighting, and then there was some stretch late in the game where they couldn't make a shot. Like, Wall will go in for a layup, miss. Bill go in for a layup, contested, miss. Then they'll turn the ball over and turn the ball over again. Kyle Lowry would make a layup or something. And then, you know what was really annoying? Like, Toronto will miss a shot, and Siakam would just fly out of nowhere like he's Superman or something. Like, you come out of nowhere. Like, remember when they made memes of Tim Howard coming out of nowhere, saving everything? Well, that was pretty much Siakam with the rebound. He came out of nowhere just rebounding. He killed us. Valanchunas was killing us. And CJ Miles came off the bench. Van Vliet, I kind of saw how he's valuable. Because I think he's overvalued by Raptors fans and and he's pretty much to blame for why this went six and not four I disagree but I see his value you know he likes to push the pace and he's really good defensively he really bothered Wall and Bill he still got their shots off but he just made it he was an irritant and that's pretty much his role it's pretty much his role and that's what he did but I don't think he completely shut down Wall and Bill. That's not what I saw. But anyway, the, the Wizards are out. It was fun being at game six. I got hyped for a lot of plays. But I think a, a key play that doesn't isn't talked about is that Gore top turnover in the fourth quarter where we could have like had momentum and he just threw the ball away when he had, I think, Wall streaking down the sideline on the left. Oh, man. It's just crazy, man. But it's okay, though. We got next year. I wonder who's coming back. Now, Reese Waters on Twitter, he made a joke about Wall and Bill being traded to Sacramento. It was funny, but honestly, we're kind of stuck. We got Wall, Bill, and Porter locked up. We're paying them a lot of money, paying Gortat a lot of money. It's not much room to move. So do we trade one of them? 
I say no. Just keep the core together as long as you can until we like really have to rebuild. Because that's pretty much the only option we got to rebuild unless we like get a big man in the draft or from free agency. I think that's what we're missing. We do that. I think we'd be fine, man. I think we could just ride this core another few years and then didn't blow it all up. But right now, I think we should just get that one big man. We'll be fine. I think Gortata Mahini, one of them got to go. One got to go and then one got to sit on the bench. Because it's just ridiculous how they getting rebounds and getting points in the paint. It's crazy. In addition to hitting all those threes. It was ridiculous. But they're out. The Wizards are out. I'm going to see what the Raptors are going to do against the Cavaliers. I pretty much think they're going to win. Because they're going to have their hands full in the conference finals against Boston or Philly. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see. So, we got the Caps. A 1-1 with the Penguins. Now, they beat Columbus, which I was very happy about. They dominated game six. Like, every time I looked up, they scored. They were scoring a goal. And I was getting hyped. I think... That was the most hype I got over a hockey game in a while. So, man, I was just I was just so happy about. It. You got the Nats. The Nats got a losing record. They're like eleven and fifteen. I don't I don't understand. I really don't understand what's going on. I can't really pinpoint it. But just I just hope they get it together. I know for one thing, you don't have Daniel Murphy. They don't have Anthony Rendon. And that's, those are two big pieces that we're missing. Don't have Adam Eaton. But honestly, we haven't had him basically the past year and a half. Like, he's just been hurt. Get those guys back, man, we'd be fine. I just hope, I just wish they could, like, replicate whatever they did against the Giants on Sunday when they won 15-2. It wasn't Sunday, it was, uh... It was sometime last week because I remember I was doing I was doing lift, and they were winning fifteen to two. Whatever they was doing then, they need to keep doing it because <laughs> they've been freaking dying. And I've been to three games on my plan. I've been to three games on my plan, and they've lost every single one of them. Two of them in extra innings. It's frustrating, man. I, I'm afraid they're going to lose every game on my plan. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's tough to watch. It's what I have to deal with. I just hope they could just keep a little short distance between them and the Mets and maybe the Braves. As long as they do that, they can make like a second-half surge because they have these type of seasons where they underperform, but in September they make a push. They usually come up short. But they can make that push in September. And, you know, who knows then? But you got to get healthy. You got to play better. I mean, these close losses are annoying. It's too many losses. They're piling up. Need to get going. Really do. So now we got the NFL draft. Who goes number one? My man, Baker Mayfield. Oh, my gosh, man. I love this kid, man. He went from, well, first of all, he was really successful in high school. He won state titles, right? 
something like that. Then he's a walk-on at Texas Tech. Then, oh my God, when he came to OU, I was confused. I was like, why? He's pretty much starting at Texas Tech. Why would he come here when Trevor Knight just won us the Sugar Bowl and we just um, recruited Justice Hansen, who I li- really like this tape. I was like, how is he going how is he going to start? Is he going to play? I mean, and then I saw him in the spring game. I didn't really see anything that stood out, but it was a spring game. Then he starts, and he's automatically amazing. And then he goes on this run with OU, man. We're in the, we're in the playoff. We're in the playoff, and then the next year we win the Sugar Bowl, and we're back in the playoff this past year. This guy had an incredible OU career, and then he finessed that and turned that into being the number one pick with everyone saying he was the fourth best QB in the draft. Even I started believe to believe that crap. Knowing damn well, I've seen him play so many times, and I know how efficient he is. I know he can throw for a lot of yards. Okay, y'all going to say it's a system. I know Texas Tech quarterbacks, Mike Leach disciple quarterbacks, I know they throw for a lot of yards because the system, yeah, yeah, yeah. But Baker Mayfield really got that arm strength, and he gets better every year. He's just one of those guys, like a Buddy Hill. He gets better every year. I really believe that he'll be fine. I think if anyone can turn around the Browns, it's him because they've never seen anyone like him. I think, and I hate to do it, but the closest they've seen like him is Johnny Manziel as far as you know, makeup and stuff. As far as the, like, QB skills, but just everything else. Just his poise, just his confidence. But, look, he's better than Manziel. Come on. He's more accurate. He's more accurate. His better arm strength. He knows what he's doing. You know, he's more disciplined. So, I really, he don't have the speed as Manziel. It doesn't matter because he throws more yards. And he's more efficient. He don't be freestyling. Sometimes he do, but he he can execute. And that's why he's number one. Now, the Redskins, the only reason I talk about the Redskins in the draft is because I'm in D.C. and I listen to 106.7 The Fan. And that's all they're going to talk about is the Redskins. So I've been hearing all month about freaking Deron Payne and Darius Geis and Tremaine Edmonds. They had Tremaine Edmonds and Darion Deron Payne on the show, on the radio, on the station. They've had them on the station. So they it's obvious they really like those guys, that the Redskins really like those guys because all over the media and the Redskins literally invited them to like hang out with them and to talk with them. So, obviously, they really like them. So, I wasn't surprised whatsoever that they ended up getting Darius Geis. And not surprised they got Deron Payne once Vita Vea was taken. I just thought they were going to trade back and then get Deron Payne. But they got him at 13 because maybe someone was going to pick him ahead of what they were, like, thinking, like, of trading back to whoever they was going to trade back with. Probably wasn't going to be there, so they decided not to pick him. I mean, so they decided not to trade back and pick him, which I completely understand. You really like him, you got to get him. 
they got him. Hey, that's, that's what's up, man. Didn't really care about the rest of the draft. Um, but at the end, they got Mr. Relevant. And that receiver, just looking at a few highlights, I'm like, this kid, he can probably make the team. You look at that Redskins receiving core, I'm looking like, I can't see how this kid they can't make the team. You, you, you got um, you got Crowder. You got maybe you got Pryor. Maybe he's gone. I don't know. Um, you got Doxon who can't really stay healthy. And who else? I don't really know anybody else. I mean, he can definitely you can definitely put him in a slot. If he's a poor man's Golden Tate, oh man, he's definitely gonna be productive for sure. Now, the Eagles, which is my team, they got Golder. That's our main pick. He's the number 52 pick, tight end, 6'4", 260. Um, 6'4", 260. He had 72 catches, 1,111 yards, 7 TD. Now, in 2016, he had 1,293 yards. I'm like, man, this guy's legit. Now, okay, it was against FCS people, but you look at them highlights, bro. He can catch in traffic. He has soft hands. He got footwork. Bro, definitely a great second tight end for us. Maybe a third. I mean, I know we got Richard Rodgers, but honestly, this guy, man, I like him. I like him. I wish I watched him more often. Then and we got Avante Maddox. I haven't really watched much of him. Josh Sweat is very interesting because back way back when, I think it was 2014, he was the number one recruit. And then he got hurt. And I felt bad for him. Son. He, he had a real significant injury. So I guess that's why he slid down the like rivals and 24-7 sports recruiting thing because he had like a knee injury or something. Like, but he was really highly regarded. And you look at his physical, like, attributes and stuff. Like, he's 6'5", he got 4'5 speed. And someone in the comments from this site I was looking at called Philly Voice said he's about as fast as half of the DBs in the NFL. And he's playing DN. That's dangerous. That adds depth to our pass rush. We're definitely going to be fine. We'll be just fine. We got Pryor from TCU. We got Big V. Who's also from TCU. So if he's anything like him, Big V grew up and he's now balling for us. And he helped us win the Super Bowl. So if he's anything like him, that just adds more depth for us. And he can fill in for Peters when he gets hurt. So now we got two TCU tackles. Oh, man. I like it. If he, if he, if he makes the team. Okay. Um, then we got Jordan Mulata. The rugby player. He's huge. He's 6'8", 300-something. Man, man, I don't care where you put him, bro. He's going to be a beast. If you put him at tackle, maybe you put him at tight end, maybe you put him at DN. I don't know where y'all going to put him, man. But this guy, man, he athletic. He running over people in these highlights. I'm like, good Lord, man. I'm glad we picked this. They going to be a monster. You just got to coach him up. You got to teach him the rules of the game and put him at the right position. We do that, we'll be fine. Other things about the draft, Shaquem Griffin, that was a great story, man. I kind of wanted the Eagles to pick him, but mm, I guess they weren't really interested. He went to the Seahawks, the declining Seahawks. And I think he's going to perform well for them, but he's not He's not going to turn a franchise around. I mean, we'll see. You know, we'll see. That's just me. 
he's going to fit in well, but he's not going to be turn around a franchise. Um, <clears throat> so then another thing is five QBs in the first round. I guess the mock drafts weren't BSing. Like, that's exactly what all the experts said was going to happen. That it was going to be five QBs in the first round. That's exactly what happened. Like, Lamar Jackson going to the Ravens, and he's being tutored by Robert Griffin III. That's a that's a pretty good setup. And Joe Flacco? And that QB room going to be lit. Like, real talk. Um, It's going to be great. It is definitely going to be great. Uh, a lot of good running backs left. Tony Michelle went to the Patriots. You know, I thought the Eagles could possibly get him. Um, but, I mean, we'll see. I mean, not we'll see. I mean, he's already gone. But, seriously, like, it's it's fine. Like, Nick Chubb went to the Colts, I believe. I think I'm wrong on that. But, the Georgia running backs got picked up late first round, early second I mean, and a bunch of OU players got picked up. I mean, Oboe's with the Rams, which is a sneaky pick. That just adds depth to their defense. They already became, they're already dangerous. Now they're really dangerous with him. He's going to add to their pass rush. Orlando Brown going to the same team as his dad. That is so cool. I was hoping when I saw the mock draft, I was like, oh, he's got to go to Baltimore, just like his dad, man. Because I think he's really going to ball out. Screw the combine numbers, man. Look at the tape. He's nice. And he got a fire about him. I love when he got those unsportsmanlike penalties. Cost his yards, but it showed me that he really wanted to win. That he was engaged. That he was going to punk whoever challenged him. And that's what I need, man. I need that fire. Well, I'll maybe for the Ravens. But I wish he was on the Eagles. But, I mean, we got our tackle. We got tackle from a rival team but whatever maybe he fit better i wish him well i don't have no problems with the ravens so i don't really have to root against him unless you play the eagles in the super bowl preseason i don't really care about so you know let's just see but that's that's it for today like i said i'm finally gonna attack sarah spain's podcast episode which was pretty good it was it was pretty good. It was, I was amazed. It was beautiful. It was a really good idea for her to start that podcast. That type of podcast that talks about gender and sports. And that was just the first episode. She created two more episodes, but I haven't really listened to them yet. I will eventually. But for the sake of the show, I listened and broke down that. So... That will be the next one. So until next time, I'm out. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Goat Level Podcast. Make sure you share, subscribe, and get money.